Hello, hello, and welcome back. This episode is dedicated to all the people who feel in any way frustrated, confused, or don't know what they're doing while dating. In actuality, I haven't had a lot of relationships. You know those people or friends you have that literally can't be single? Like they have to be with someone or dating someone constantly because they just can't stand being alone? Okay, so I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> I'll be honest, I love being with someone, but not just anyone. I'm totally fine by myself also. I love being with me, I'm fun, I'm happy, usually after 9 a.m. I like spending time with me, but let's face it, it's always a good feeling having someone reliable or exciting or supportive or good sex you can count on in your life also. However, I'm not in need of it per se. I think maybe that's why I haven't had many relationships because it really takes someone special or extraordinary to make me want to split or share myself with them. But one thing I can tell you is I've been on countless first dates, second dates, and dates in general. So let me tell you what I've learned and how you can ease your experiences. This is stuff I swear by and I absolutely guarantee you it's all accurate. Let me save you some time when dating. This is also general advice I'd give to any of my friends, both girls and guys as well. Also, if I had a daughter or younger sister, would totally program this into them as well. So let's get to chatting. Number one, you don't get led on by people who actually want to date you. Okay, so I'm going to make this one pretty straightforward. You go on a date, it's amazing, sparks are flying, chemistry is brewing, she or he is looking at you in direct eye contact when speaking, the jokes are spreading, it's all great. The week after, they're super busy all of a sudden, they can't find time to meet you, but they say they really like you, or you guys make plans and something happens to come up and they cancel, but would love to reschedule. Look, I'm not a monster or sociopath that has no feelings or doesn't understand when life happens, but I'm going to promise you that if someone actually wants to date you, they will never lead you on, babe. I was dating a guy once that I really liked, and I knew I would be having an insane day ahead, but I wanted to make it clear to him that I wasn't ignoring him purposely or replying back eight hours later because I wanted to. It was because I had a crazy day. I wouldn't like it if someone replied to me, half a day later, so why would I do that to someone I liked? I let him know ahead of time that I would be busy and that I'll reply to him or call him when I have free time later on. Do you know what that said to him? That I had no intentions of leading him on, that I liked him and I cared enough to make this clear. Do you know what kind of people do that? The kind that actually wanna date you. Does he say to you that he's super bad and dry at texting and that's why you don't hear from him? No, he would call you. Please stop making excuses for people and just always remember, if there's a will, there's a way. If they wanted to, they would, trust me. Moving on to number two. This one is specifically for my girls. I'm not about gender roles at all, but chivalry shouldn't be dead. If you finish your date at night and he doesn't either make sure you get home safely himself or text slash call you to make sure you made it home safely, this ain't the long-term white night for you. A man who's invested in you should care enough about your safety. It takes all of 30 seconds to just make sure you're home with the door locked. If he doesn't, I'm not saying he's the number one douchebag in your city, but he's just not that serious about you. Number three, everyone, everyone is replaceable. You're not gonna like this one, but it's true. And don't look at it as a bad thing. It's actually the light at the end of the tunnel. I can't tell you the amount of times I've heard from one of my friends or even myself say or think, 
but I like them so much, or I liked her so much, I'll never find anyone that compares to her. You will, I promise you. Each one of us is replaceable. It's actually what makes dating fun because with each failed or unsuccessful relationship, you're just one step closer to finding your true match. Moving on to number four. If they don't make plans to see you right after seeing you, it's not that serious. Like I'm talking about in the sense of they don't feel that seriously about you. Yes, all people are different. Some are more spontaneous than others. Some are more calculated and planners, sure. But I'm gonna make one thing clear. The most valuable thing you can ever give someone is not your body, but your time. Your time is valuable. Speaking on behalf of most women, if a date is going really well, halfway through or towards the end of the night, all we're thinking of is when are we gonna see this person again? We want the guy to take initiative and plan another time or say, when am I gonna see you again? Sometimes I do it as well. I'm not shy about it if I feel comfortable with someone. I once dated a guy who knew my schedule. He knew my time was valuable and he knew my weeks filled up fast. So after every time we would see each other, whether it be a nice dinner or lunch or a cheeky morning after, he would physically have me check my schedule for the next week and ask when he could see me again. He didn't wanna wait a week to see me. He wanted to make sure he was in the agenda and made it clear that he wanted to spend more time with me. This made me feel wanted and see that he was serious and it made him feel secure that I made time for him without having to wonder when is the next time we see each other. I usually go by a three day rule. I know this sounds extreme, but it really isn't. If you have a date with a guy or a girl and they don't express wanting to see you again within three days after that, I would say move forward and see other people meanwhile. No one who is sure of you will let three days go by without trying to see you sometime shortly after. Sorry, not sorry. Number five, no one's perfect. Okay, I'm sure you've created some amazing imaginary person in your head that is your ideal date, partner, match, whatever. But here's the thing, love isn't a fairy tale. As much as I'd love it to be, it isn't. No one is flawless and unrealistic expectations create disappointment, resentment, and loneliness, you name it. If you're always seeking perfection, you'll be lonely AF for a long time. I used to have this crazy weird list of things I imagine when dating. Ask any of my friends who know all about it. The guy had to be 188 centimeters and up. They had to plan all of the dates. They had to communicate to me how they feel before I would. They had to be tall, dark, and handsome. They had to have a great job, blah, 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 blah. The person I had formed in my mind doesn't actually exist. I had to drop the crazy checklist and focus on some actual things that really did matter to me, more in terms of how they treated me, how I felt when I was with them. Their height didn't actually matter. It didn't matter that they didn't plan every single date. And with that, I also started meeting more quality people. It's not about settling. It's just about not being too picky. Number six, no one should ever bring you down. This is something I've learned the hard way and this applies to both men and women. Whether it be making you feel guilty for not giving into something or shaming you for kinky sexual fantasies or making snide comments or remarks to you from time to time, or acting a different way around their friends when you're there. You should never ever be made to feel less than with someone. There's a fine line between teasing flirtation and bringing someone down. Sometimes it's actually totally not obvious either. I can't believe I'm sharing this, but even I'm guilty of this point. With my ex-boyfriend, we had completely different viewpoints on life. We were never a match made in heaven, if that even exists, but I think I overlooked a lot of issues just for the simple fact that I was vulnerable, alone in a new country, and it was my first ever relationship. 
I'm always trying to do better and help people do better. I like being ambitious and having goals and achieving touch points I set for myself. He was very different. He was totally comfortable, happy with his life as it was, and didn't feel the need to shoot for the stars or do much more than the cards he was dealt. He failed his driver's license twice and he was fine with not being able to operate a car. This was beyond bizarre to me. I asked him constantly, do you want me to help you study and let's practice, you can do it. He would say, nah, I don't need a car in Amsterdam, we're all on bikes, blah, blah, blah. I just couldn't comprehend how this was it for him. He lived in a tiny studio made for students. I always used to ask him, don't you want us to look for something better together? Let's strive for a balcony, a garden, an apartment with an actual stovetop. He said no. He was happy with his studio. He was complaining about work often, and I told him, why don't you apply to some new places? You have such good work abilities, and you're so smart. Any place would be lucky to have you. He would say he worked there for six years, and he knew everyone, and he was comfortable with it. He didn't want to look for somewhere else. The list went on and on. One day, he got me a candle for the new apartment that I rented for myself, and he told me it was a housewarming gift. And then he added in, this candle was 25 euros though, so don't burn it too fast. I looked at him with shock in my eyes because this was the breaking point. Had he just given it to me, I would have thought, what a sweet gesture. He knew I loved these candles. He thought of me on his way home. I would have loved the effort. But this added sentence was just odd to me. Besides being super cheap, which is a major turnoff, I asked him why he got it for me if it was expensive and I'm not allowed to even enjoy it as I wish. This snowballed into all the issues I mentioned prior. He exploded and he let me know that nothing was ever good enough for me and that I made him feel like he wasn't enough. He said my wording and efforts to help him achieve more out of his life only brought him down. So I'm telling you this for context. It's not always the guy in the situation that brings down the girl. However, in this case, don't think he was a victim. This was a narcissistic cover-up for a lot of other things he had done. But nonetheless, it made me much more aware and conscious of how important it is to be with someone that makes you feel good and doesn't make you feel guilty or hurt in any way. Whoever you're dating should be lifting you up, not tearing you. Number seven, you should be having fun. So have you heard this one before? Dating should be fun. Guess what? It should, especially in the beginning stages of getting to know someone. It shouldn't be drama, toxicity, wondering if you'll ever hear from them, do they like you, are they seeing other people, etc. You shouldn't be worried about the pimple on your forehead or how you're sitting in the chair. You should be fully immersed in the moment, connecting with someone each time you meet because you actually like each other. It should be simple, relatively easy and mutual with someone. If you're seeing that someone is making it hard to meet up, making it confusing for you to understand how they feel about you, making you self-conscious in any way, or making you nervous when you're together, that doesn't sound like fun at all. You should be like two kids skipping school and going to the movies on a weekday. It should be fun, carefree, and simple. You should be getting those fun, giddy butterflies right as you're about to see them. Read the vibes and see if you get that feeling from your date. Number eight, pay attention to the questions they ask. This is one thing I've learned after a decade of dating. When you're on a date, Sit back, relax, and let the other person ask some questions. Pay attention to what they want to know. This says a lot about a person. I used to treat dates like an interview. I'd come prepared with a list of vital questions and fire them like an AK-47 during the first hour. What did this do? It put me in my masculine energy, which as a woman you definitely don't want, and it left no room for the other person to ask any questions either, which in essence is actually more important for you to see if this person is someone you even want to continue dating. 
I like to leave a bit of mystery now. When someone asks me questions, especially in the first few dates, I answer, but I leave a bit for them to wonder about. You do not need to be an open book right away. No one likes to skip to the conclusion. Before, guys would ask me about my exes or why we split up or what my favorite position was in bed or do I get lip filler, what is my red flag? These are not the questions you wanna hear when dating someone. Someone should be interested in getting to know you as a person, who you are, what excites you internally, not in terms of your clit or your balls. Someone should wanna be eager to know your inner strengths, your flaws, your qualities, your values. Pay attention to the direction of the questions and it should be clear to you right away. Number nine, let yourselves miss each other. You meet someone and you hit it off right away. Your energy is unmatched, you're laughing nonstop, you're kissing, you're hugging, the sex is amazing. You wanna to be together all day and all night. Yes, it feels good, but does this work long-term? Not in my opinion. I think I only know one couple in my entire life who started off dating like this and is now still together 24 seven, and it works for them. Space is a wonderful thing. When you have your life and they have theirs, it helps create a type of boundary and also sets healthy habits in your mind in regards to dating or the relationship that could emerge. You have a chance to miss each other and it helps you better value the connection the next dates when you're together. When you have a life outside of each other, regardless of how much fun you have, especially in the beginning stages of dating, it's attractive to anyone. When you go out with your friends, they go out with theirs, you take time to do your hobbies, your classes, your workouts, your time and space to yourself, you come back to each other stronger than ever and you both feel refreshed. Missing each other is great. When you start to reprogram your life based on always seeing someone or being with someone other than yourself all the time, you lose sight of yourself your passions, the things you used to love doing before they came into the picture, and that's a dangerous zone to be in. They always say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Number 10, love at first sight ain't a thing. Yes, I'm probably gonna get some controversy for this one, and I am sorry, but I'm not a believer in love at first sight anymore. There's a difference between love and lust. It's not possible to fall in love with someone you don't really know. They may be wonderful on the first date and you guys maybe have great chemistry and they could be showering you with compliments, but you still don't really know this person. Remember this. On a related side note, I've had a lot of really awful experiences with people, with liars, narcissists, hidden children, girlfriends, cheating, you name it. When it came down to some actual nice men I dated who treated me well, respected me, took care of me, were honest, it started to scare me a bit because it was so unfamiliar for me. Don't be like me. When you've had your fair share of toxic situations, it becomes terrifying when you meet someone actually emotionally stable. All you can do though, is trust your gut instinct and believe in the good in people. You have to break the patterns and set yourself free and trust that someone will eventually match your energy and what you deserve. Finally, one of the best things a friend of mine once told me who's now married with a child, when you're with the right person, you won't have to wonder. The past traumas you've gone through, the worries, the concerns, the doubts of whether they like you or wanna be with you, all of those things are no longer an issue. Your nerves are calmed, you feel happy, you feel secure, you aren't triggered, you feel at ease. I know this sounds like an imaginary fantasy situation land, but it's not. It's just what healthy dating should feel like, I promise. When you're with the right person, it's just easy. So, I think this is 10 very important things that I've learned throughout my years of dating. 
And I hope that this helps somebody as well, because I wish I knew all of this stuff prior to starting. But then again, if I did know it, I probably wouldn't have learned it the hard way. And I'm hard headed. So <laughs> this is right up my alley. Uh, that's all for this episode. And I truly do hope that somebody found this a little bit helpful and happy dating. <laughs> <laughs>